You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. I am Jeff Ellis of the Locked On Indians podcast. Just a quick reminder, we're doing a ton of coverage on Locked On for the NFL Draft. Even though that is going on, remember to check out Locker Room. Uh, I'll be doing a Locker Room on likely Saturday during the Indians game, just talking about the going-ons. Very quickly before I get into the second part of my conversation with Chris Manning here, uh, Nick Sandlin added to the roster. Essentially, he is, with uh, Logan Allen being sent off-site and with Oliver Perez being cut, this is the corresponding roster move. Second-round pick, uh, rather recently, up and down reports. You know, he moved, gosh, in his first season after being drafted, he was up to double A. And he might have already pitched in the majors if he hadn't got hurt in 2019 and essentially missed half a year. Really inconsistent reports, uh, command, secondary pitches. Uh, everything from the organization has been incredibly positive, and you hear about the great spring, but then you talk to other people, and it's not all glowing uh i don't know we'll have to see what he can do right like this is the opportunity uh but they need depth they need arms they've been really taxing the pen i don't know what they're going to do for a fifth starter i have no idea how they're going to handle that but uh that's one bit of news we'll really dive into the announced minor league rosters uh next week i mean it could be a whole show in and of itself most interesting thing and the thing that's my biggest takeaway is that most of the players who are at triple a are going to stay there so that's you know someone like gabriel arias who had never played above high a before but has been at the alt site uh he's going to stay there he's just going to skip double a apparently and you know there's other players there who also are just skipping levels and going right well we're just gonna put him in columbus uh the other interesting thing mason hickman tanner burns logan island last year's uh first second and sixth fifth round pick uh all starting in high A. It's about as aggressive as it gets with no Mahoning Valley. Often you'd see those college arms. Now, they didn't pitch much last year in college, but often you see the college arms get like three, four starts in the minors and then start out in Arizona, or sometimes they get a bit of a delayed start to let them get a little more rest uh, before sending them out to short season. There's no short season. And they're having them skip low A to go right to A, so that's really interesting in and of itself. I'm just not realizing my volume's been messed up, so I apologize about that. Uh, All of a sudden, it's doing weird things with volume in uh, the program I use. But that's, you know, the first things about the minor league assignments, and then that's also the uh, roster move. We'll talk about all that much more in depth next week. But here is my talk with uh, Chris Manning. I'm assuming with the length of the talk and with me, you know, talking here almost three and a half minutes at the start, that we'll have some of this kick over onto Monday's show as well. So uh, sit back and enjoy. And I get that, like, people are, in general, are dumb, and they don't check things to the degree now that, like, <laughs> Twitter is like, oh, do you want to retreat this? You have not opened the article. Like, you know, like, yeah, you know, Twitter yeah. is now alerting you because people are so well, bad about it. The, the bit that people are like, Joe Rogan clips are a personality trait is just, like, yeah. feels very accurate to me, you know, when they're like, like, and I'm just like, okay, like, okay, like, this, sure, sure. 
and I get it. Like I'm, I've, like I'm not like immune to like having retweeted stuff. I probably haven't like fully vetted or whatever. But like it's just it's the nature of it. But it's also just like maybe when you see the Nuremberg trials, like don't just share that. Yeah, you know, like, like maybe think of maybe like yeah, it's not hard. With like the the man on Disney, it's like just avoid Nazis. Like why is it the Nazis? Just don't <laughs> don't don't, don't share gonna... the memes of the Jews making the the the, the legs of a table. Like just yeah, don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't please do this don't. stuff. It's like let's just yeah. put put Nazis to the side. Uh, yeah, yeah, A and B. Do your research. And with Omar, yeah. it's just like just don't say anything. And I think with Tito, the the part about that with Mickey that was like the most. I mean, there's a lot of parts that were bothersome, but like the fact that Tito called like someone's husband on behalf of Mickey Calloway to help it go away. <laughs> like that's where yeah. you're like, okay, so this is kind of a we're not. And then that just that part of the story, I mean, because that story was so atrocious and so yep. bad, that kind of got forgotten or like rolled past. It's like, no, he's got a degree of complicity now. I mean, I know the defense right away was like, well, I was just trying to help a friend and I thought it was and you know, and that story was, it seemed like consensual on all sides. Um, but still he is calling. That's not part of his job. No, like it, I would never, I've got buddies I've had since I was six. If someone did that, I am not <laughs> calling uh, the someone they're in a thing with husband to try to help. Like that's that's strictly. I don't know how good of a you know how tight you have to be where you're going to get involved in that messy of a situation. It's yeah. That was all of it was kind of mind blowing. Uh, I did want to throw. I know we were talking about like the, the Indians yeah. earlier uh, and how we trust them with pitching. Last week, I did the research. I thought you might appreciate this since we're talking about first base. Uh, now, first basemen are not drafted high. Again, I'll lean into the NFL draft. They're kind of the offensive guard. Uh, occasional great ones go early, but for the most part, a lot of players get moved there. If you have a, if you're going to pull out a Quentin Nelson comp right now, I'm going to like leap because I Quentin Nelson like top ten guard is just is a vibe, is extreme vibe, just extremely violent vibe. <laughs> Well, and it's like uh, Adrian Gonzalez was the first overall pick in yeah. the draft, and it was a bad draft, and that was a great pick. Sometimes, if you can find, and like Quentin Nelson might be the best lineman in football, so same thing like Zach Martin was early teens, and that's fine. Like, if you can find great, you can find great. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but maybe the Indians shouldn't. So here are the last five players that the Indians drafted and signed, which is an important distinction to make in any draft round to make it to the majors for, with the Indians. So not someone they gave up on and he made it with another team. Bobby Bradley in 2014, Jordan Brown in 2005, Michael Aubrey in 2003, Eric Crozier in 2001, and then Sean Casey and Mike Glavin in 1995. And again, drafts are at points, uh, 50 rounds, more than 50 rounds. They had a lot of first rounders. You know, Bo Mills was a first baseman. Uh, who never got to the big leagues. Uh, they've had some other guys, but that's, that is, and even like recent picks, like they gave, when I was doing research and doing like the greatest draft pick in each round for the Indians recently, like Ulysses Cantu was one of the three highest paid players ever in, I think the sixth round. Uh, and he's never posted no PS north of like 680 in his like three or four year career. For whatever reason, they can't scout this position and they haven't been able to scout first base for 20 plus years now. So that's, you know, I, I could always also bring up the outfield list where if you just, we don't even care if they made the <sighs> big leagues with the Indians in the outfield, but five highest wars amongst outfielders in the last, since 2000 for the Indians of any player they drafted and signed is Luke Scott, 
Bradley Zimmer, Clint Frazier, Ben Francisco, and I'm oh, blanking ben on Fran- who's number two. Ben, ben Francisco is a name I've not thought about in, in quite <laughs> yeah. a long it's in quite a long time. Oh boy. It's always exciting when we have a new sponsor here on the show, and we have one. Our newest sponsor is Sports Trade. Have you heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This amazing sports this is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added baseball to their bat- platform, so check it out today. That platform is www.sportstrade.com. Please watch how it works a video on the site uh, before you do anything. Uh, it Make money with sports trades is as simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, how they perform statistically in the game, just like with your fantasy points. More points, higher their value. And two, it's supply and demand. The more demand there is for a player, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick the penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab the blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. Other fantastic sponsor is Blue Nile. I've talked about it before. I think they have some very nice designs over there. I love the fact that you can find out about the designers. I think it's also great that their designers are women. At the end of the day, yes, there are men who can design things, but often... Let's be honest, many of the best designers when it comes to things for women are women. And it doesn't matter if it's for Mother's Day, which we know is coming up, an engagement ring, or just a beautiful gift. Uh, When you are looking for any of those items, you want to go to BlueNile.com and you can find it. This is how I I found it when I wanted to go look at it uh, to look at this product. I I just typed Blue Nile 1010 and that took me right to their collection many different styles, many different looks. And again, I think it is a really cool thing where you can sit there and look at it and then find out about the person who made this design. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a history major in me that uh, <laughs> likes the whole being able to have a story behind the ring, but I think it is a really nice touch. So go check it out for yourself. Remember to go there again. You want to go to bluenile.com. 10 by 10 is the collection, or you can just type Blue Nile 1010, and that'll take you right to that collection. Go check it out for yourself. So um, that's that, like with both those oh positions, boy. it's crazy that they, and they've invested a lot of draft capital in outfield, maybe not as much in first base, but those two, for as much as they can do other things, those two positions are just this wasteland. So I thought I'd have to at least throw that out that it is that bad. And, and you know, there are the, and again, the caveat is drafted and signed. Because there was a time where they spent like every pick from round 40 to 50 drafting like the top high school player on the board just so they could talk. Because if you draft them, you can chat with them. It gives them a chance yeah. to interview yeah, yeah, a player yeah. they can't sign. So, yeah, that's just to throw some more fuel on this whole uh, first base fire. Uh, I, I, the, the, MLB, the MLB draft just seems like an insane thing to me. It like like respect to you for like knowing, but it just seems like like drafts are crapshoots. The major league major league draft just seems like nuts to me. You know, I, that's why, like, when I 
when I do something that I'm very successful with, it's I, I live that forever. And then I also will be very honest when it's like, so my biggest failure probably ever was I was huge on this guy, Tristan Pompey, whose brother Dalton was with the Blue Jays and he had a great year at Kentucky and I was all over him. Uh, and I think I gave him a first round grade and it hasn't gone well. But the other side of things, it's like Sean Murphy, who's now the catcher with the A's. I gave a first round grade after seeing just, I, I saw him after he broke a handmate bone. So he had like, it just affects your ability to hit a ball hard in just pouring down rain at the scrapper stadium, just crushing baseballs. And I just remember sitting there as I'm covering the draft and the Indians draft Logan ice in the supplemental round, Sean Murphy on the board. And I'm like, <sighs> a few years later, I don't even think ice is in the system anymore. And Murphy is uh, a starting catcher. So it's like, those are the moments where, and then I, I, I know when I'm sitting there and it's like the 30th round and I'm throwing out information, people just either, are like, how do you know this? Or they're like, you need to get a life. It's one way or another. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's, that's the humor of it. I always laugh when I watch and cause I watch all drafts. Uh, yeah. It's just part of my sickness. Same. But when I'm watching the NFL draft and at the end of the seventh round, when the, they're sitting there like, Oh, go take a break. Mel Kuyper. It's been a hard day. I'm like seventh round. Man, yeah. I, I'd have another like 33 to go. What do you, right. yeah. You, 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 know, you crunch like, so much more tape. Oh boy. Yeah. Drafts are nuts. Obviously, you know, it seems for the most part, maybe it happens where, you know, he knows every single player just with the, the amount of high school, college and Juco there's chances where like last year, Nick York, when he went to, to the Red Sox, I was like, I know he's a second baseman. I know he's got a hit tool. I did not expect to hear his name. I can't give you any more than that. Like, and then there's oftentimes even starting the second, yeah, that guy's off. Like he's someone I didn't follow. So that's the baseball draft is a, a curious uh, beast at best, just because the amount yeah. of it, it's a, uh, it's different. Can it's I certainly different I, than the NBA? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, the, well, yeah, the NBA, the, uh, the NBA draft is uh, so top heavy and like immediate return. And I think that's the thing that gets me um, is like the lack of immediate return. It's like every other sport, it's like you get drafted and like you, you're expected to sort of perform in MLB. It's like, you're away from the spotlight a little bit, right? Like you're sort of like, I just was like flipping through Twitter and it's like, I saw the Royals top prospect. Is it going to play double a ball in like Northwest Arkansas? And it's like, okay, like he could not be further from, from like the, 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 the bright lights here. He gets time to sort of develop. And I think that's sort of, interesting it's sort of unique to baseball and i, I kind of i like it frankly but it's also i mean again the wage structure is also like nutty and that, that's a whole other can of worms but it's like i mean you know the twins indians game still going on it's like in this game i don't i haven't looked at the lineup i'm not sure if alex kirilov is playing but like alex kirilov was taken after the indians took will benson and then the second round of that draft is when they took nolan jones so it's just kind of the interesting thing where you can sit back and be like okay benson it's been that we knew it was going to be boomer bust just because the hit tool mm -hmm. was a disaster when he was drafted. Uh, and Jones still hasn't got up here, but the twins have Kirilov up and they're trying to run. And it's, it's the interesting of a team like the Indians, like honestly, as a writer, it probably would have been better for me if the Indians were not in like the best run of the last, you know, one of their four best runs in the history of their franchise. If this had been a team that was picking high, I probably would have had more success as a writer just based on the fan base's love of drafts. And, but it does hurt because it's like how many people a even knew about Nolan Jones. It's like outside of Will Benson, no one probably at the time really paid too much attention to that class. It's the same thing. Like you go to the, 
I think fans know this by now, but it's like that Plesak, Bieber, and Zavali were all the same draft. You know, it's like, but people don't realize that the, uh, how that works out. So it's always, okay. Is that the seventh home run in this game? It's kind of crazy. It's seven home runs and 12 runs across. Well, it's like the Cleveland had that inning last night where it was like 23 minutes long and like they didn't make contact for like the whole inning or whatever. Like it was just like a lot of walks and getting hit by pitches and like it just kept going. But like there was no like batted ball into play. It was sort of just like this cycle of thing. Baseball can baseball has idiosyncrasies that I find like delightful. Um, they're just weird and like unlike anything else that you can't like every other sport. So and I'm, I'm like like a big, you know, Mark Burley, like a legend for like getting getting games done just in under two hours or whatever. Like I'm, a, I'm appreciative of that genius. But it's also like I love the random idiosyncrasies because the, 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 it's just there's something like fun about that. That is very hard for me to explain as as a, as a noob. But like it's sort of I, I like the, the vibe is right. Like the vibe is just sort of unique to everything else that exists. I'm getting like a whole bunch of DMs about Henkis's stuff, right? Hench's <laughs> stuff right now, just like yeah. it being down, not sharp, what they're seeing. Uh, okay, Bill Barr. What more can I say? Uh, today for lunch, I finished off um, my cookies and cream. I now have like six to eight left on my, co- on my cookie dough chunk. I'm going to be reordering soon. And when I'm going to reorder, I'm going to use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 because that's the same 15% I would get back using the promo code as a repeat customer. I love Built Bar. I eat Built Bar daily. I save it for the weekdays. I save it specifically for school, so it lasts a little bit longer. It is a great tasting bar. It is a fantastic product. When I snap the little thing on my health food counter, it gives it an A grade. It tastes good. It's good for you. It's filling. And so many protein bars are like, work to eat that is not the case built bar is just it's great tasting it's great for you everything about it's fantastic so you want to go there use that promo code locked on 15 to get a 15 percent bonus and just check out the site they're always doing things where they're like okay if you order now you get free boosts or free goes or all sorts of other items so builtbar.com promo code locked on 15 you can thank me later it i love built bar i think what hurts baseball too is like they need to lean into the fun like oh, stop yeah. making this an old man's game. Like it, 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 you know, I, I am not a Bauer fan. I've been very honest about that. I think he's you, a bully. You, and you, you, that. you, you and me are in the same, I know exactly where you're going and we're in the he's same hundred. He's this. a bully and I'm not a fan of bullies. That's just the end yeah. of story. I'm an elementary mm-hmm. school teacher by day. Uh, I know. So yeah, not a fan of bullies. So I don't like him, but I appreciated him with the tattoo stuff. Like that's yes. good. Like do that. You know, I, I loved, I can't, I th- you know, I still haven't done the research and this came up a few episodes ago and I believe, I still believe it was Korea that had like a giant sword that the players held when they won a championship. Yeah, like that's rad. Do things that are that's fun. So, yeah. Highlight, let this be a fun game. Don't make this like, I'm going to bean you in the head because you did a bat flip. Yep. Bat flips are great. Um, like the Jose Bautista bat flip, it remains one of like those iconic sport moments and because they're just fun and emotional and like Tatis brings that like, uh, like, you know, I, I giggle every time Jose Ramirez loses his helmet running the bases. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, and that's obviously not this exactly the same thing, but like all of it is fun. Um, it, it should be fun. Sports should be fun. Like, yeah. And it, if it, you want to get that younger audience, you need things that grab them. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I talk with, or I talk with, it's like, I teach, it's like how many kids like know, like more the minor stuff or like the, you yeah. know, the idea of 
if they, you know, it became more common, like I would have kids talking to me about, oh, this kid, this guy's the best bat flipper, or they like someone because he has the best or most interesting bat flips. And you would bring a younger audience that way. Uh, I would also love to see them partner with someone like Nickelodeon, like the NFL did. Where yeah. It's like, I think that is valuable. I think there's a way to show baseball and have fun with it. And like, you know, I, I know everyone hated the, uh, the light up puck, but you could do for kids. Like as a kid, I loved the light up puck in ice hockey. Yeah. I thought that was a really fun idea. Yeah. Make the ball light up and do like a kid's version where it's like the harder a pitcher throws. Like if you can somehow tie, I mean, by now it's like, imagine if the ball like looked like it was on fire when it, got to the play you could yeah. so easily make this something that is interesting and fun for kids uh and unfortunately i mean this is still the same sport that has arguably one of its top 10 greatest players of all time playing right now in mike trout and they don't know how to market or sell him yeah some of that i i feel like might be like a mike trout thing because he's just sort of like exists but it's like harper like you know, maybe isn't like the hype. Maybe I don't know exactly if like he's lived up to like the SI hype when he was on the cover when he was like 16 or whatever. But like he's obviously got kind of like a villain vibe to him, sort of like, you know, a little bit. And like he had like the he will wear like interesting cleats. He talks some SHIT back to the fans and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, like maybe Tatis, I mean, Tatis is Tatis. Like Tatis does Tatis the be an easy sell. The, yeah. the thing with Trout is like you he's look incredible. at the state of America right now and we do have yeah. some divisiveness and we do have some people with different views and I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but I mean, on a basic level, when there are people getting mad at the NFL for things, shouldn't it be easy to market Mike Trout? I mean, he is about as like wholesome Americana as it comes. Like, I don't know how you, you market it. I'm trying to say this without getting myself in trouble. I don't know how you market it where it's not like baiting anybody, but there, there should be an easy way to sell a guy who, is just a great player. There should be a way to do it. I understand he's boring, but to like some, maybe like a boring guy who goes about his job every day, works hard. And you know, to those, that group looks like him. I think there's a way to, to market him responsibly is the word I'm looking for. Again, I know this is a very tightrope thing to talk about, but I, if you think that like in boardrooms at the highest level, teams aren't discussing how to hit niche markets and how to specifically, when you're a billion dollar industry, that is exactly what you talk about. The same way like Rob Manfred off the cuff yesterday or two days ago was talking about expansion and name cities. And it's like, well, we're not planning anything. It's like, no, you are. You just lost a lot of money yeah. last year. Expansion is the easiest way to go about it. All of this stuff yeah. is discussed. Char- charge $2.2 billion to put a team in Montreal or wherever. And like, let's yeah. just, let's, let's do this. It's not hard. Um, yeah. I'm with you. I'm going to ask you this before we kind of wrap up here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, right now, Cleveland, they're going to be 11 and 12 after today. Yeah, that's third place in the AL Central, ahead of Detroit, ahead of Minnesota, behind Kansas City, behind Chicago. They have this Kansas year's City coming best up record against. in baseball. Did not like all the all the baseball preview content I consumed. No one, no one was like the Kansas City Royals who uh, got Carlos Santana. Um, I just I, I wanted Carlos Santana. Uh, Lindsey Gottlieb's son, Cavs assistant coach Lindsey Gottlieb's favorite son, son, young son's favorite player is Carlos Santana. He still wears the jersey that they bought uh, to him last year, which is which I, is wonderful. He's one of my him and Carrasco. I'm going to root for them wherever they are for the rest of my life with you with you. Um, Is this team meeting your expectations, not meeting your expectations? Like, what are they like as I as I get I have 10, 11 miserable Cavs games left to watch before I can dive fully into baseball and like let it consume me as like just a fan. Um, 
how should I feel? How should I feel right now? So the, again, I'll go back to our sponsor bet online. Uh, Cause their line was 81 and a half games. So a 500 team and they do more research than I do. My whole argument for this team and the fact that I thought that they were built to try to contend for a wild card. I thought 86 to 88 wins because uh, their their lineup was just awful. And mm-hmm. you go out and the the drop from Lindor to Jimenez in terms of what they had last year was not huge. You add Rosario. You hope that Nolan Jones, Nolan Jones is coming up at some point this year. And he is, he can't hit lefties to save his life, but against righties, which is what you're going <laughs> to face mostly. I mean, he's going to be, I don't know if I want to say as fun as Fran Mill, but he could be like, baby Fran Mill. Um, yeah, I know, okay. um, I mean, you know, it, it's like a similar, like big home runs, long swing. He's only like six, two, but I mean, I'm six feet tall, but when I stood next to Nolan Jones in the minors, I felt like he was like six, four. He's just one of those guys who feels big. I thought they'd be bullpen is, is done well. And we'll have to see, I think just right now, the, what do you do with the starting pitching? Bieber is great. Plesak has been inconsistent. Savali has been solid. McKenzie is only going to throw like 120 innings. Logan Allen has been not good. Their next group of guys up, it's like Quantrell, they'd have to stretch out. Uh, as Moss and Morgan were kind of their next two arms. They're both hurt. And that could be where it comes apart. I still think they always start poorly. They're going to beat up on bad teams. And again, I'm going to, right now, I might recalibrate to more like 85 wins. And I don't know if they're really going to be in wildcard contention. But the, the Indians, uh, People are probably sick of hearing me say this. We're ruined by 2016 because that's that's the year they should never have made the World Series and they made it. And I understand the playoffs are a crapshoot. Everything we've seen agrees with that idea, but they've taken that too much to heart. Their whole approach is to try to squeak in and then see what can go from there because you know their entire rotation almost was hurt that year and they somehow made it to the World Series and nearly won it. And I feel like the the kind of shadow of that season in a way hangs over everything where the whole point is just like, we just have to be good enough to sneak in. So I think yeah. you're looking at a team that is right now, this is as bad as they'll look. Cause they also have just, they have too many talented players in the minors. You know, I've mentioned another thing people are sick of. They have like at least 11 guys that I think need to be added to the 40 man at the end of the year. So that's a ton of young talent. You know, someone like Bowers and Bobby Bradley, are very unlikely to be here in a year and we're going to, this team will get better when they're adding guys like Nolan Jones. And when we hopefully see Daniel Johnson soon, players like that, they're going Owen Miller. They, they have interesting prospects that should be ready to debut. So the nice thing about waiting for the Cavs miserable season to end, you're closer to when you jump back in, you're going to get to see some of these young players that should be interesting and should be helpful. And we'll cut it off right there. Uh, Still another 10 minutes of conversation that I'll put on Monday's show uh, as we talk about the games from over the weekend. Hopefully it was a good set of games. I know I didn't do the typical previews, but at this point, I think most people know the White Sox pretty well. And if you want my predictions, favor the Indians in game one, favor the White Sox in the next two. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. I've been talking with Chris Manning of the Lockdown Cavs podcast. I remind everyone to check out all the fantastic NFL draft coverage. They're doing so much live from Cleveland. Uh, with the podcasts and everything else. So please go check that out as well. It's got to be your thing. You know, if you're at, uh, listening to this, I'm sure you're also a Browns fan. I like the Greg Newsom pick. I don't know about it, uh, anyone else listening at home. But uh, you win in the NFL by stopping the pass and uh, completing the pass anymore. So uh, I'm all for taking the Tampa approach of just keep drafting the secondary until it's good. Uh, that was my 
quick uh, football divergence in there. But again, I've been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Remember to rate and review the show, download daily, all of that helps. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.